Hello and welcome to the Salmon Trout Steelheader podcast, brought to you by AmatoBooks.com, A-M-A-T-O-Books.com. We have a plethora of fly fishing titles for you available there, because today we're going to be talking fly fishing with one of the premier fly fishing guides, who is a native of the Northwest and fishes for steelhead and salmon here. But during a certain time of year, he heads out to the Montana-Idaho region to do some guiding. His name is Jared Cady. And Jared, welcome to the podcast. And can you tell us just a little bit about who you guide for and where you guide? Yeah, um, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. So what I do is I eat in West Yellowstone, Montana. Um, I guide the Mass River and the Henry's Fork, also Yellowstone National Park. I work for Big Sky Anglers, which is based out of West Yellowstone, and I quite a few guides. Some of my friends own the, the shop there, and we run kind of all over the whole region, from the, all the fisheries in the Park to all the sections of Henry's Fork, where we're at right now. Um, and then we chase all the, the stuff mid-summer and late-summer on the Madison. Cool. So let's talk uh, fish species a little bit. So what you're doing is you're fishing for... Uh, brown trout, rainbow trout, and cutthroat trout. If I'm uh, uh-huh. if I'm correct, a- any other species you fish for there? Uh, so we have grayling, we have brook trout, uh, mountain whitefish, uh, west Lope cutthroat, um, Yellowstone cutthroat, but they're unique to Yellowstone. And then we have um, let's see, we have quite a few different species. Um, and then yeah, those are just a few, but uh, we have a ton of variety. Of different types of fisheries, um, from you know, let's say spring creeks to tailwaters to um, you know all the really really good lakes that are around, and uh, so yeah, yeah, a, lot, a ton of ton of options, lot to choose from there. So <clears throat> I myself have been there um, and fished with Jared. It was a phenomenal time. We had a good time. So let's talk a little bit about. Can we talk about brown trout, which I got the opportunity to fish for brown trout and catch my first browns with Jared, which was a blast. What can you tell me about the type of water that brown trout like to sit in and where do you like to fish for them? So typically, let's say like this time of year right now, we're fishing for brown trout um, up along the banks, a little bit shallower water. Uh, we're going through a little bit of runoff right now, which also puts a lot of fish in the softer water along the bank but when it comes to the hatches um it also puts a lot of bugs in the bank so those brown trout slide out of the middle in their wintering areas which they might be wintering in some deeper water and then spring and through summer you see a lot of those really big fish slide out of the middle and up onto the banks to feed on mayflies caddis and stoneflies that happen to you know to say you know two inches of water to to you know three feet of water just depends on the, the water level in that given day. We do have a dam, so our, our water does fluctuate a lot, um, which we're going through right now. But it does change from day to day. So, Yeah, I was amazed uh, watching you throw some dry flies um, in very shallow sections of water. You could just barely not see the bottom, and, and having browns blowing up on dry flies there was pretty cool to see. Yeah, that was a pretty good time. Uh, we just happened to hit it right when we had um, drakes coming off and, and uh, a whole bunch of different types of bugs, salmon flies hatching. Um, we had everything kind of going off when you were here. For sure. Now, what about, um, we've talked a little bit about brown trout holding water. What about cutthroat and rainbows? What type of what type of water are you approaching for them? 
So for rainbows, it's quite typically quite a bit different. Uh, rainbows like a little bit faster one. They'll, they'll hold more so throughout the entire river. Um, from the middle of the river to gravel bar buckets, um, uh, and big boulders, boulder, boulder sets that can be anywhere from the bank to the, to the middle of the river. Um, the Henry's work specifically, you do find a lot more, uh, fish in the middle of the river that tend to be rainbows. And then, uh, then as you go towards the bank, you, you find quite a bit more browns. So interesting. Yeah. Now, what about what about flies? Are there multi-species flies that target both rainbows and browns, or do you get specialized with it, or how does that work? Um, not too much of like you know, this is a brown fly, this is a rainbow type fly. Um, it's, it's more just like what's available at the time, you know, you're catching everything. You can you know lean towards the, the shallower water to catch more browns and the the middle river and, and faster buckets more oxygenated uh buckets for rainbow yeah, but uh you're kind of just following the bugs and the bugs are going to determine what the fish are going to eat and you're going to catch all the species cool so you can you're just matching the hatch and they're following along with it so what about uh sizes of flies how small or large do you get say with nymphs so starting with like early in the season the general uh rules are so typically your bugs are bigger early in the season and as you go out the season you're being able to get smaller 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 right now we're seeing the salmon fly hatch which is a really big starfly which is about as big as your your fingers and uh as long as your finger that's going to be the biggest bug of our whole year and then as we can we from now we'll get some drakes here in the next couple of weeks and then um, going on to caddis and smaller mayflies but we're talking you know big salmon flies like a size four um, size six and then getting down like your nymphs will be tapered down to you know i typically don't go smaller than like an 18 or even a 16 we're uh we're lucky we get some relatively bigger flies in uh in our systems Cool. Now, what about leaders? Are are these fish over in the Idaho and Montana areas? Are they leader shy? What what do you find there? Um, they can be leader shy. Right now, we have some off color, so we're able to fish like two X and one X to our big big salmon fly, um, which helps to turn it over in the wind. We do have to deal with a lot of wind, um, but we'll, we'll, I'm fishing a you know a big fly as big as I can go and. Um, but we do drop down to like on average if you're fishing a single dry frog to uh, a rising fish and fishing around 4x a lot um, sometimes 5x once the water drops and it gets really clear those fish get spooky and have a little more pressure we'll drop to 5x but um, not really anything below 5x cool and speaking of nymphs and dry flies uh, what percentage of time are you fishing nymphs as opposed to dry flies well, I prefer to fish dry flies as much as possible, but there's some days, you know, you just have to fish a nymph. Today, um, with the anglers I had and the way the water is, we were fishing dry dropper. So we're using big sand fly as more so an indicator than than uh, than actual dry fly that they're going to eat. Just because we had the sand fly just uh, right off, and um, we had to, we actually just had some snow here, which definitely killed some of our sand flies, and. Uh, so we'll uh, fish a big dry to a dropper and then but, i mean that's the game here you know is is really single dry fly spot and stock of uh 
you know, a fish that's rising. That's the whole the reason people come here. Um, there's just not very many places in the world that have this diverse of fisheries that you can target specifically fish on a dry fly. So, And what a fishery it is. So, Jared, if uh, if we got people that are looking to head out to the to the east east idaho or west montana region to fish with you where where should they go to find more information about that so you can look us up at bigskyanglers.com we have a website there um you can also call us to get just get fishing reports if you're coming through town um all our shop guys are talking to the guides every single day and um you know, also my information will be on here too. So uh, you can get a hold of me through that. If you have questions about just if you're coming to the area and you're wondering what's going on. But uh, yeah, so we're the guys in the shop can definitely take care of you and set me up to understand what to expect and what fishing's like, you know, at that time of year that you're coming through. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jared. It's good to check in with you. Uh, how would you say the fishing has been this year as compared to other years this year well well we're looking at one of the hardest years for the hunter henry's fork ever on record as far as snowpack um they are predicting the lowest snowpack in 90 years wow. on the henry's fork so kind of unprecedented undocumented we don't know what happened with the henry's fork um, so we're looking at you know late summer it's going to be a really tough time to be here once that little bit of snow we have is gone and the reservoirs get low. So what will happen is we'll transfer over to Masson. Masson has good snowpack this year. It's funny how, you know, storm systems can drop a lot of snow one place and not as much for, you know, anywhere else. But uh, the uh, the Masson does have good snowpack. It's like good cold water for the rest of the season all the way into August until September when the temperatures start to drop again. So, um, yeah. We'll just be making that switch a little bit early in the morning. Typically, we fish the Henry's Fork all the way in through July. This year, might be a little sooner. So Cool. Sounds good. Well, uh, thanks again, Jared, and you have a wonderful day, guys. Uh, this episode was sponsored by AmatoBooks.com. Go check out all the fly fishing titles they have available there. Thank you, Jared. Yep, no problem. Thanks, Lucas. Okay.